Hallelujah. I got a word for somebody today on how the mind of Christ will heal your soul and fight off demonic desires. It's going to be such a good word, and I truly believe that this word will heal you because the word of God is what heals our soul. First off, if you're new here, you may have not have heard me explain what the soul is. So what is the soul? It is your mind or your innermost thoughts. It's your emotions. It's your desires. And it's your personality. Part of your desires is your will. It's what you desire deep down within you. It is the things that you want most to happen. So as human beings, we have these desires. We have these different things that pull us in direction. A lot of us were driven by desires. And the Word of God will sometimes call these desires selfish ambitions. Selfish ambitions are things that are centered around you and for you, and these will pull you away from the presence of God and into demonic wisdom, which leads to confusion. A selfish man is a confused man because he doesn't know why he does the things that he does. So a healed soul is really in alignment with the will of God. When we surrender our will, surrender our desires, and get them to be in alignment with the word of God, then there's a, a lot of healing that takes place. So I'm going to share some scripture with you here, and I'm going to open up and just share this mind of Christ that is explained in Philippians chapter 2. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even the death of the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. I'm going to read this to you as well in the NLT. It says, You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. This is our Savior. This is Jesus Christ. So it's important to talk about desires because our desires are what pull us out of the will of God. We're called not to conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So we get transformed when our mind gets renewed. And here we talk about the mind of Christ. 
to have this mind of Christ that God has hidden these secrets from this world, but he has revealed them to us through his spirit. And we are called to have this mind. So we have this man, Jesus Christ, who is fully God, fully man. So Jesus is there at the throne of God, right? At the right hand of the throne of God in the heavenly places, right? Seated up there in heavenly places, crowns of gold, heavenly host of angels worshiping him because he is the great I am adorned in the finest apparel, eating the finest of foods, luxury mansions. Jesus, this is our great and mighty God. But he chooses to step down from that heavenly throne to come here to the earth in the form of a man, God puts on human flesh, goes through every temptation that we go through, struggles with with every struggle that we struggle through, struggled with, right? But is without sin, right? Went through the temptation, but didn't fall into the temptation because the temptation is not the sin. It's when we give into that temptation. So he goes through these human temptations, but is without sin. He goes through these human pains and struggles, that he didn't have to go through because he was up there in heaven, but he chose to, and he chose to humble himself. It says that he gave up these divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. God Almighty takes the humble position of a slave by putting on human flesh and being bound by the limitations of this human flesh. For 33 years, he walks this earth. So he lays down his own desires. He lays down even his power. It says that he lays down his life. Jesus said, no no one killed Jesus, right? No one murdered Jesus. No one killed Jesus because God is almighty and he's all powerful and he could have snapped his fingers and wiped out everyone. But Jesus says that he laid down his life that he has the power to lay it down and he has the power to take it up again. So Jesus willingly laid down his life. And then it says he makes a public mockery out of the devil and any, you know, fake demonic power that is out there by just taking up his life again. But Jesus had this mind to surrender to the will of, of his father to let go, to give up divine privileges. So as human beings, we have these desires and these desires can get very demonic because they're they're selfish. They pull us out of the will of God, whatever that desire is. And this gets tricky because sometimes the desire is godly. The desire is godly and it is for God and it's got God's name all over it. For example, ministry. It could be ministering at the platform, ministering to the family, just ministering to people, evangelizing, just sharing the word of God. But it could be your desire and you do it so much so, so much that it takes you away from his presence. Now, maybe you become like a Saul building monuments for yourself, 
focused on growing the church, focused on the numbers, focused on all these things that God doesn't really care about. So I give you this example just to show you um, that, yes, it can be for God, right? It could be playing the guitar or just worshiping or, or singing, and you just do it so much, and now it turns into something where you want recognition, where it started as something so humble and pure. Other times, it's clearly a more ungodly, demonic desire, like the desire for more money or recognition or fame or the desire to be lifted up, the desire to be acknowledged by other people. There's so many different desires that our soul is just craving or the lust of the flesh are just craving. And these are desires that bring damage to our soul could be desires that we've fed into for years, years and years and years, wanting recognition from men, wanting to please men, wanting to please a spouse or children, wanting to prove to the world that you can do it or that you're good enough. When God says you are enough, When God says that godliness with contentment is great gain, you brought nothing into this world and it is sure that you can take nothing out of it. So we have different desires that are not from God or that pull us out of the will of God when we step in in our own human ways and our own human flesh. And what these desires do over time is that they will damage our soul, right? They will dry out our crop. They will dry out our land, cause our land to to crack, cause us to stop bearing that good fruit. Maybe we just planted too many seeds in that soil and we just forced that seed into that soil. We overwatered it. We drowned the land. Or maybe we just planted so many seeds and we weren't watering ourselves, and our soil got dry and now there's no fruit. There's no fruit for God. So we got to check that desire. Keep your eyes on that desire. Even though it's got God's name over it, even though it's for God, you've got to monitor that desire. And if it's not for God, then cut it off, right? Cut it off in Jesus' name. Whatever that desire is, that's clearly ungodly that clearly doesn't honor him, that you have already discerned and you already know very clearly, cut it off. But if it is a godly desire or it is a godly want, then monitor it. Make sure that it comes from a place of fruit, a place of abundance, because you can't give anything that you don't have. So this is a word on how we need to check our desires. And when our desires are in place, with the word of God in the will of God, when we know how to maintain our desires at the same time, expanding the kingdom of God, there has to be a balance of maintenance and expansion. You need to get fed and you need to humble yourself and serve God with the right mind, with a loyal heart and a willing mind. And in the perfect way to help you to do this is this scripture right here is to think about Jesus and how Jesus humbled himself, right? Sometimes we got to humble ourselves. We got to cook 
for our spouse. We got to serve our spouse. We got to serve the church. We got to humble ourselves and do the will of God that God wants us to do. We got to clean up after our kids. We got to bless the minds of our children, even though we're full of all these different things that want to curse them and want to speak curses over them or our spouse or our parents, maybe that we're looking over in their time of old age, we got to just humble ourselves. We got to put on this mind of Christ that even Jesus, he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being and appeared in human form, giving up divine privileges. Took the form of, of a bondservant said, forget my reputation, forget my reputation. Yeah, all of the heavenly hosts out there are worshiping me and all of their glory, they worship me and they bow down to me up there in heaven. But I'm going to put all that aside just for a little while. I'm going to humble myself here on this earth and I'm going to die a shameful death on this cross. So if Jesus can do it, if God Almighty can do it, we can draw from his strength to do it too, to lay down our desires, to lay down our wants, because these wants, these desires, they're warring against our peace, our joy, our contentment. They're giving an open door to the thief to come to steal, kill, and destroy when Jesus came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. I'm not saying don't build the kingdom of God. I'm not saying don't carry out those godly desires for him. But monitor them, check them, make sure that your heart is in alignment with God. Always check your desires. Why do you do what you do is it truly for god or is it for yourself is it for your image is it for your bank account is it for the recognition of man is it to please someone else or is it to please god david he had this mindset when he said the lord is my shepherd i shall not want this is a verse that can heal your soul when you say my soul is going to rest in the green pastures in the presence of God, I'm going to plant according to my season. I'm going to plant in each garden that God calls me to tend. I'm going to be a wise master builder. I'm going to surrender desires that aren't from God. I'm maybe going to cut off some trees that I know God doesn't want me to water or maybe some plants that aren't bearing fruit because it's not this season. I'm going to stop watering those. I'm going to let go of some desires in this season or maybe altogether I'm going to monitor these things. God, if it's not from you, God, dry out the crop. Every crop and every tree, every garden, every plant of the devil, just dry it out in Jesus' name. God, only allow me to water the gardens and tend the soil that is truly from you, Jesus. And let it bear fruit. Let it be abundant. Let it please your heart, God. So David, David had this heart when he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not have wants 
or desires that aren't from God because the Lord is my shepherd. He restores my soul. He leads me beside the still waters. He leads me and makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God is with me. This is what David says in Psalm 62. He says, my soul silently waits for God alone, for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved or shaken. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. So David was able to tell his soul, wait, just wait silently. I know you got all these desires. I know you got all these things that you want to do, but just wait, humble yourself, put on this mind of Christ and serve God, submit to the will of God in that season, in that moment, humble yourself before your spouse or your kids or your elders or the church or whoever it is that you serve. Put to death some of your desires so that way the fruit of God can be so evident and so clearly on display because Jesus says, you will know them by their fruits. Other people are going to know that you bear the name and the image of Jesus Christ by your fruits. And they're going to say, what's up with you? You changed. You got a new heart. You got a new mind. How? How do you have so much peace? How do you have so much joy? How did your grades change? How did you just level up and work? How did you get this success, this this excellency, this peace, this fruit, this love, and you're going to be able to testify to Jesus Christ, but you must rest in him. You must rest in his word. You must surrender those desires according to the season, according to the time, okay? Because there's different seasons. Ecclesiastes 3 shows us that there is a time and a purpose for every season under heaven. So sometimes you may sow in the summer, you may sow in the winter, you may plant in the fall, you may water something else in a different season, right? Sometimes it's seasonal. God will bring it back in a different season. But what does God want for you in this season? You must have an expectation that is from God alone, not from man, not from other people, because other people will fail you, parents will fail you, children will fail you, your spouse will fail you, but God will never fail you. So check your desires, monitor these desires, and when you can put on this mind of Christ, I'm going to read this in Philippians 2 verse 1 we're going to go back a little bit it says therefore if there's any consolation meaning any encouragement if in christ there's any encouragement if any comfort of love if any fellowship of the spirit if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded like-minded with christ like-minded with other spirit-filled believers having the same love being of one accord of one mind Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, 
But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. You got to esteem your st- your spouse better than yourself. You got to esteem your children better than yourself. You got to esteem that teacher, that elder, the church. You got to esteem other people better than yourself. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's not thinking belittling yourself. Because you are seated in heavenly places. You are bought by the blood of Jesus. God Almighty gave his blood for you. And he has given you such a great calling and inheritance in the saints. And he has such a great and mighty purpose for you. And you are called for something so great, more than you can ever ask, think, or imagine. So it's not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. Thinking of your desires less, less having this lowliness of mind and just respecting other people, thinking about their needs and serving them. And when you can do this, and and it may be hard, right? I may be the first to tell you, yes, it can be hard. It can be hard when you have all these different desires and all these different wants. It can be hard just to surrender, just to say, God, I surrender. God, I give it to you. I need your help. I need your help. Sometimes there's tears in this. They're running down your face. You're crying. It may be hard. You may, you know, be just swallowing your pride. And now your your neck is even just tense in this. And your your heart is tense. But have faith and have joy that God is healing you in this process. I know I'm speaking to someone very specifically right now. I'm speaking to someone and God is healing you. God is healing you in this process. When you humble yourself, you put on this lowly mind of Christ, looking out not only for your own interest, but also for the interest of others. So that way the glory of God may be revealed in you. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love suffers long. Love is not provoked. Love is not easily angered. This is the love of Christ that lives and dwells inside of you. I just want to pray for you. I want to pray a word of healing. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that as you put on the mind of Christ, that as you humble yourself, that as you let go of these desires, may God give you the strength to let go every desire that is not from him. May he give you the wisdom to discern these desires. May he give you the wisdom on how to even tend and cultivate and maintain different godly desires according to the season, according to the time, and according to where he's placed you because there is a time and a season for every purpose under heaven. But I pray that God would just dry out every desire that's not from him, that he would uproot those things out of your heart so that way you can put on this mind of Christ. So that way you can grow and God will heal your soul in Jesus' mighty name. Everything the crawling locust, the swarming locust, the consuming locust has taken, it will be just restored 
sevenfold in your soul, this peace and this healing and this joy, this comfort in Christ, this comfort of love, this fellowship of the Holy Spirit, this affection and mercy and joy of Jesus will just multiply within your soul like you've never seen before in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.